welcome back everybody to uh, another episode of free game productions we got kevin walton back hey. uh source radians the creator founder all that with uh the light beings actor community organizer you're probably one of the probably the best person i've seen at making community um, i appreciate that of course of course so Kevin, I'm sure I've talked about it in one of the many podcasts you've been on this, but like he's the guy that taught me like meditation and really kind of helped guide and help me hone in my, my spiritual journey. Um, and I think an interesting topic, you know, uh, on that is simply the difference between command and control. So like, how would you describe command and control mm-hmm. in the comparison? I, whatever yeah. it, would, it would be. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that. So... I think it's one of the most important things to be consciously aware of too, to understand the difference. So when you think of the nature of command, command specifically, uh, command is one portion of the relationship of oneness that I call the alignment principle. So the principle is that there's a relationship of existence that operates in command surrender. And then if we're ever in misalignment or improperly relating to that design, we are in some form of control submission. And then we'll, I'll break down what each is. I want to give that frame of reference. So the idea of command is the, is the centering and instructional guidance of energy, of creative energy, right? So in the nature of existence, say, you have creative possibility already active, energy is already active, already vibrating, already awaiting an opportunity to be expressed into form. And so no one controls that, no one dictates that by source, the all, it's already ignited. Then the gift we've been given as beings of existence is the opportunity to explore all that potential and what it can be, or another way of saying it, what it means to move through the journey of unlimited creative potential into full self-actualization. So command is a way that we can harness and direct and explore all this potential at our disposal. In order for the for that relationship to be whole and comprehensive, you have to be able to allow things to unfold the way to design. That's the relationship of life, right? You decide, you focus, you direct with attention, which we can get into in a moment what that is, so that energy can flow in a direction. And then you allow it to do what it's designed to do when it starts to take root and form and solidify to then have an event and experience some form of ex- exploration of life. It's like on a say on a three-dimensional reference point, like planting, right? Growing a garden. You plant the seed, you tend to, right? The watering, the nurturing of the soil, all those facets. Then you allow the seed to do what it's designed to do, right? To become something. And that's based on your focused energy towards it. Same thing in relational dynamics, right? We don't control anybody that we're in some form of relational dynamic with, but we are in command of the attention we give it, the choices we make, what we say, what we feel in it, and the standard and vision that we have around it in building with someone or not if we're in misalignment. And so command would be like the uh, the masculine as it's, yes. as it's putting out. Yes, because it command solidifies, holds structure, centers, and directs movement, right? Progresses. That's the masculine portion of, of the uh, principle of energy, right? So the masculine principle, and this is also just for concepts of refinement. When you think of the concept of masculine and feminine energy as if there's a difference in energy, it's not so much that as much it's the relationship of energy itself and how it's applied. So you have two principles that live inside of the nature of energy, and it's how energy even animates, vibrates. It's like directing versus receiving. 
Yeah, giving and receiving. Giving, so, and, giving yeah, and receiving. Yeah. Giving and receiving, command, surrender, masculine and feminine. Um, it's like positive, negative. And like yeah, the battery, the positive yeah. is out and then the negative is out. Exactly. And so even when it relates to energy uh, in terms of like a battery or, or something in the physical realm of, of conduits, I always say that giving and receiving ends specifically there, because there's so much distortion and, and messiness around positive, negative, right? Yeah, the judgment yeah. side of things. But, but in that essence, exactly. So there's a relationship to life that functions with that principle. And masculine and feminine, which is the relational dynamic of all existence in oneness, everything is some kind of representation of that. But even masculine and feminine is, is a relational representation of command surrender. Because that is the game of life. There is the direction of energy and the allowance of it to unfold. There is the giving of energy and the receptivity of it to do something with. And that's the dance of masculine and feminine. Right. Right. And so then the other side of that, the misaligned principle of life is when we are somehow in some space where we lack either awareness or self-acceptance or both because they're not, they're usually together, where then the way that we would be operating automatically, how energy would flow if we were just fully conscious beings, it gets disrupted. And now certain things are improperly relating. And so a way for to identify that is what I call the misaligned principle, which is control and submission. So one really important distinction about command and surrender is that it functions with the flow of creation, which is always from the inside out, right? So it's there, the energy is there, the access is there, the power is us, the creative capacity is at our disposal. It's a gift we've been given by the thing that created everything. So why do you use the word uh, surrender instead of receive? So say so like command and receive? So in the... Yeah, so instead of that, it's it's understanding what the relational dynamics Because Kevin is are. super precise with his words. 100%. So I know that there's a backstory. <laughs> exactly. So when you think of the relationship of, say, giving and receiving, it's, it's the recognition of the instantaneous, unobstructed flow of energy, right? There, something must be offered. Something must be um, embraced. And that's the notion of giving and receiving. Where then when you take that same fractalization to command and surrender... The idea of giving is where we direct, we focus, and now what we're giving is attention, meaning the channel that moves creative energy. And when we're doing that, what the receiving part is, is the, think of surrender as the permissible allowance of that which is to unfold. And so then what we're doing in the surrender part is I'm, I'm deliberate in directing creative energy, then I allow it to do what it's designed to do, thus receive the nature of what I'm putting out, but I'm not forcing it i'm not taking it it's that relational dynamic of giving so when you think of command surrender every other relational dynamic like that is a is an offshoot representation of that fractalization so giving and receiving is is a part of that dynamic where if it's in like say the nature of love the misconception about giving and receiving is that you have to lose something to give or take to receive right right because right, we think in the physical right where like somebody gives you a piece of pie you lose a piece of pie right well when you think of the nature of energy itself that's Never the case. It's the when you give from a place of the access and the allowance, all things ex- build, expand, um, access greater. So in the relationship then of every fractalization of that, of all centers around command surrender, giving and receiving, uh, vulnerability and intimacy, uh, masculine and feminine, which is, the again, the other foundational. So if command and surrender is the, the alignment principle and the foundation, masculine and feminine is the relational representation. And then everything else fractals, giving and receiving, um, vulnerability and intimacy, speaking and listening, um, all, you know, all these facets. So all of that represents 
the way things are designed to function so we can explore more of what it means to be all things in both the subtlest, simplest, and the greatest magnitude. That all represents the flow of creation, which is it all flows from the inside out. So command is this energy is already here, and I now choose to center it and direct it if I'm in alignment, healthy. And that is also the responsible thing, <laughs> the responsible thing to do. Um, oh, the other facets which we can touch on too is um, safety and significance is another form of that relationship, which is actually the thing that dictates everything and how we function in physical reality. Uh, because beyond physical, it's already automatic. And uh, the other one I was going to state was responsibility and accountability as it relates to um, ownership. Everything actually has that vision and mission. Um, so we'll get into and, all this. In Islam, doesn't that mean Islam means like submission to God or something like that? Yeah, something like that. I think. Some, it, yeah, and most of the most of the biblical references usually use the word submission. Sub For me, instead of like, I obviously don't get caught up in a lot of. Things I, I love because, permissible allowance. It's just there's 100%. not one word to use that as. Exactly right. So surrender and the so closest. surrenders exactly. And when I think about that, to me, it was a way of utilizing language to break down things more precisely so we don't get convoluted. And when some people in their, you know, even in religious practices, they'll say, well, we call that submission. I go, cool, whatever you reference it, just in, in creatorhood as a practice, I have definitions for everything. So everyone's specific on what I mean. And then, then it becomes, so in this, like a language, right? So in, in the way that I would describe that is like this, and you're saying it with this, with your words, so at least we're on the same conceptual space. And for us, the agreement is the, the reference point of that. And again, having definitions that are clean so it's crisp because of the other thing I found is that as a species we're just really sloppy with language a lot of the time and I wanted to be as deliberate as possible so that we're we're more responsible and deliberate with creative energy um, so that's the essence of then the command surrender principle and then when as it relates to control uh, the control submission dynamic um, as it relates to the definitions that I've given it where control is um, is the act of wanting to force the external to be a certain way to either avoid a feeling you feel inside or get a feeling, right? So it's the, it's the direct contradiction of the flow of creation. And then submission is the acquiescing, right? The acquiescing of one's personal power or responsibility of creative energy. So that's where instead of surrender is like you're, you're allowing it to unfold. So you're not um, disconnected from self. You're not um, unembodied within the capacity of you. Submission is where you're just abdicating. And that's the way I've defined it in that sense. So then when you think of the relationship of it, because there's no separation in these relational dynamics, like masculine and feminine do not exist separately. They are intertwined in the nature of energy. Command surrender does not, does not exist separately. If you are in surrender, that means that somewhere in you, you are in command of your own sovereign space. And then that's the allowance. There is no separation. You will not be surrendered without some sense of command and you will not be command commanded without some sense of surrender where control and submission i get surrender by command because you have to tell yourself to surrender how would you get command out of surrender how would you get command out of surrender like like, like let's yeah, say somebody's be, in surrendering how are they in command there would have to be a reference point of your own conscious awareness so i i am owned in myself i am i'm aware that i have autonomy the ability to make decisions the ability to um direct things and because and in so doing i can allow other things to unfold and show themselves i don't feel like i have to that's the difference between control it. exactly so where control, control is, is yeah you, you think you have no sense of center 
And so everything becomes, how do I make this the way that I want it so I can have it a certain way? And then when you when it doesn't happen that way, the natural then side effect is somewhere you're just acquiescing. And as it relates to, say, the act of wanting control or behaving in a control dynamic, what's happening is that you're, what, what you're abdicating or submitting is the, the ability to feel properly so that energy can move, so you can actually maneuver and live in a way that is more attuned to your authentic being because anytime someone's playing out some form of control submission you are in a control dynamic and all behavior patterns in a control dynamic are a form of manipulative behavior because you're you're living in in contradiction of nature where when you're in command and surrender you're in a centered space of of responsibility conscious awareness and knowingness and then you allow things to unfold and that's also part of the nature of faith and other dynamics where in control, you don't feel connected, don't feel centered, don't have a certain essence of, it's okay to feel these things, I can maneuver it, and here's how we can move. It becomes, no, everything has to be like this because everything in a control dynamic is a is an avoidant behavior. And an avoidant behavior means that you are consciously disregarding important responsibilities in how you move with creative energy. So if, if feeling our feelings and moving them appropriately is one of our responsibilities, which it is, to not do that is to then lead to various forms of um, misalignment, dis-ease, unhealthiness, and it just perpetuates. And the way that I liken that in terms of the practice is what I call the safety significance, right? Two generating appeals where when you are living from truth, from love, you live in some concept of self-awareness that allows you to know that I'm capable of handing things as they come. Um, I can always learn from the things that are showing up and receive information to remember and maneuver. When we're not living in that attunement, we feel disconnected from, from source and from self. And so then we feel at the whim of things. And so then we start wanting to make things in a way to let us feel less um, at the whim of circumstance or other factors. And what happens in that is each direction, whichever one you would be in, has a very specific priority or focus. If we're living from truth and we're living in that command surrender principle and we recognize the truth of ourselves, what we're connected to, source, greater self-awareness, more confidence, your priority of focus is growth and liberation. All you want to do is keep living in the increased access of all you can be, all you are, all you're capable of, what else is possible, and you want to be fully expressed as all that you are, right? So growth and liberation. If I don't feel safe and significant, then the whole time I'm chasing things outside of myself, wanting to get that, but it's never that. It's always a guise. It's always a, a mockery of it, and w- which is where, um, what do you call it? Uh, gratification comes from little hits but it's never sustainable never enough all forms of addiction come from that and then what the priority of focus is is comfort and validation all you want to do is feel comfortable all you want to do is have everything outside of you tell you you matter or what your value is and the more we chase after that the further away from the truth of ourselves we get the further away from the connection or the rather the awareness of the connection to source we get and it's never enough but it does have a shelf life eventually you'll get to a point where um, you hit like limitation has a limit, right? You'll hit an edge where a, a course correction will have to be done. And that's where experiences that can start subtle, get louder and louder and louder until you make an adjustment. I always think of life as um, like a giant reflective video game, like a reflective virtual reality, reality. I don't know. Like, um, <laughs> and I watched some of my friends, we were talking about one of them last night. And she's like, bro, how loud does life have to get? Like, like, exactly. how the fuck do you, yo, like. It's not real. Dude, he injured himself. Um, 
I want to describe it, but then he'll know exactly. <laughs> but like, so he injured himself doing an exercise and he had to sit out and then, and he's taking like steroids mm. and then, uh, which is whatever, whatever, I don't give a fuck. But like, it's just kind of funny um, because he got back the exact same exercise, the exact same injury. And it's to his shoulder. And it's like, bro, like how many ways you need to be shown that you can't carry this? Like, and his response was like, I had 12 of me. He's like, no, you didn't. Your shoulder collapsed. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't. You didn't. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have it. That's why you're injured. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how loud it needs to get, but like physically, no, you did not. Yeah. And it's just, it was such a metaphor. And it's, it's interesting to watch. Like when people's lives are getting so loud. Mm-hmm. And something I, I've struggled with, and I, and I feel like you probably have too, um, is when do you just walk away and let them take their lesson? Mm-hmm. Like, fuck it, dude. Just take, just get knocked yeah. out. Fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's that in relational dynamics, being of support, it's twofold. The difference between support and enabling. And when you have to, again, surrender, allow people to be confronted with whatever is necessary for them to, to get it for themselves, um, which is a very important thing. And for every, anyone who gives any inkling, any shit about anything that matters to them, understanding what it means to allow people to have their experiences is vital. Being a voice and a space and a partner and a friend and associate, anyone who is willing to offer honest reflection and directional healthy progressive guidance is a vital piece to any relational dynamic however when being someone like that it means you're always there to support people meeting more of their edges and becoming more of all they're designed to be now we won't force anyone to do that right this is why this is the game where people get to explore and why we have decisions at our disposal it's you will receive all necessary information and then you have the choice to either apply it or not if you choose not to apply it eventually you'll have your own experiences that will get it and for all of us who really just want to see everyone thrive we will give what we can well the idea is that we other times we just over stay longer than necessary um Give what you can to the best in the capacity that you, you have, and then you still have to allow people to make their decisions um, because part of this journey of life is the ownership of oneself and the sovereign expression of all that they are. And when people aren't willing to look at themselves honestly and know how to make adjustments, that you you start getting experiences that bring things to light because the the idea is that we're all on the journey of being self-actualized. But when we don't want to own our part in that, our responsibility in that, we start shifting in that controlled um, submission dynamic, which is, I just want someone to get me out of it. I just want someone to save me. I want someone to save me. And part of this specific dimension of reality is that we understand how to assume what our responsibilities are and what we're accountable to. And so everyone around us and the idea of community is that there's reflections being offered of where you are and how you move. And all of us who are, who are a willing to own that part of ourselves and keep growing and step into more that we are, we become guiding lights for others to do the same. But some people have their own ideas about things and they will receive the information whenever they're in a space to fully receive it. And sometimes that's 
when it gets way loud. And I can't we, imagine how much yeah, louder it needs to get for this dude. Legit. Dude, I've seen some things how loud it can get. So, and, and it's fascinating because it's, it's also, I have this conversation with a couple of brothers a month ago when I talk about it often of where we're at as a species, which is right now we, we use a lot of reference points that are contradictory and in the opposite frame of design. So like when I, when I wrote out a definition of health, right? And I just wanted to research what the definitions are in the world. Most of the definitions of health speak on the absence of illness. That means we live the idea of a standard through what is not there, but we don't ever live life in knots, which means then the focal point is we don't pay attention as a collective. This isn't, this is as a collective. Again, there's always individual, especially we're all in those individuals that are seeing it from a different perspective now. And we're guiding on this is we don't make a move until it's we're sick or the health crisis or scare is present. And this happens with a lot of men for a few specific reasons, which we can talk about, or masculine led beings, where we don't either pay attention or make an adjustment until it's painful enough. So what misalignment what what misalignment would that be? That would be a disconnect or or an unhealthy relationship with our emotional um, nexus. And what I mean by that is in our the aspect of the principle of life, right, of our feminine. Our feminine, and this is every being regardless of what you're led with, whatever, what your physical, physical manifestation embodiment is. Everyone's feminine principle is where we feel and process emotion, uh, tap into intuition, um, our playful side, our nurturing side, our receptive side, the surrender part of us, all of that is a part of our feminine. For us to live a comprehensive life, we have to know how to stay attuned to the nature and the state of things. And part of the feminine is to point out where things are, where the energy is not flowing properly. Because the feminine is that that fluid part of flow. The masculine is the steadiness of flow. If something of the steadiness is off, the fluidity starts to get more um, unstable. And that's a signal where something's off. So when, when we shut off or tune out those skill sets, those um, systems, those things in us, we then negate vital pieces of subtle information because everything is always presented subtly first. And there's a reason for that, which we can talk about in a moment. Um, why things are, are always presented like in a whisper and then they, they get louder. So if we, to, if we do not pay attention to the subtle, the structure of existence has no, the, the way it's designed is to keep bringing, bringing things to light that is important for us to make adjustments for energy to flow properly because everything just wants to be fully actualized. So we ignore it, energy builds, 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 gets louder. So every time we've tuned out and negated our systems, when we receive intuition and shut it out or our bodies were telling, it's the same thing like in the physical, you feel a slight ache of something and you go, ah, it's fine. And you just keep going, right? Just like talking about your boy with the shoulder, right? Yeah. It's like when you ignore something that's a, a slight signal for an adjustment, it all just gets louder because there's something about it, the adjustment and what it's telling you. Something about your energy isn't relating here properly. Make the adjustment so you can keep stepping forward. So when that's happening... And we tune that out, it, everything has to get louder to get our attention. And so we've lived such a life of drowning out really important, automatic, inherent skill sets that it takes things to scream to get our attention. Me and Jacob were just talking about this upstairs, 100%. like to a different degree. Legit. We were just talking about like how, you know, we, we wonder kind of like the health and, and the different natures of things, but yeah. Do people live without air conditioning and electricity for fucking ever? Like, you know, it's like if the power goes down, everybody's going to lose it. And it's like, 
Why? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Why? Like we can, we can attune to things. Because, because we've gotten so dependent on other people making our food, building our mm-hmm. houses. There's so few carpenters and farmers. Exactly. And because we've built a we build a life and sell a life that is all about comfort and convenience. But our natural design is not and again, there's nothing inherently wrong. There's nothing wrong at all with comfort. It's it's just not designed to be the priority. It is designed to be a support system for restoration for us to function greater. So our design is to keep exploring more of what else is possible, live greater into the nature of exploration of the mystery of life, the, the greater capability to keep seeing ourselves reach this fullness of self through every experience we have. Right? Do you think comfort is where people get sick and dumber? Yeah, because when you make comfort a priority, um, you are not as attentive on a regular basis to every system operating that's, that's beckoning your attention because we train ourselves to operate either in a full capacity or in a subdued capacity. And the more we focus on comfort, the more subdued we become, the more we atrophy very specific gifts, skill sets, capabilities, and then it takes work to build them back up. Where if we're just living automatically with growth and liberation there, then like say resting in a comfortable bed becomes a tool, a moment offered for you to um, be and do more, but not at the sense of not being enough, not the sense of conquering, simply out of the sense of the the innate desire to explore what else is more what else is possible within ourselves and within the world in greater degrees but in for living in truth in greater degrees of synergy and optimal functioning and harmony with the all um so when we live in a in a world that builds things out of to be more comfort and convenient we start negating um abilities that are there for us and are useful where that keeps us then in tune with nature that then no matter what would happen, power grid goes off, not goes off. We're all like, okay, we got this. Here's what we'll do. But because we've, we don't, we now don't live in a comprehensive lifestyle as a collective. We overlook really important parts of our existence that just keep us intact as a whole being. And even to the degree, again, of the subtleties of picking up on our intuition, something in the field, something in our bodies. And then, so what I defined um, health as to then restore that awareness is that to be healthy or to live in health, health represents you operating in, in the way that you are designed in a in greater capacity or progressive manner. So then health represents, do I live in a greater sustainable state of every way I'm designed to function? So when I wake up, does my energy increase and sustain throughout the day or dip? If it dips, something's off, something's unhealthy somewhere. We are designed to rest when it's time to rest, Function when it's time to function. Keep operating. The body, mind, spirit is designed to keep exploring and be useful. So our mind, our bodies can keep exploring greater capacities all the time. Anywhere we start to go, I don't want to, it's more comfortable. I got a story. You start atrophying things that you could just be operating in. And so health becomes that reference point. So now it doesn't no longer becomes like, am I sick or not? It becomes, am I actually operating in full functionality of my design, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally, economically, right, um, home, residentially, every facet of me is it operating the way it's designed. And that is our measure. Because then the idea of any signal that says something's off just becomes a quick adjustment rather than a loud narrative to have to meet because we've been ignoring it for so long. What would you call it when somebody's operating at full optimization? Optimal. 
Okay. Yeah. So my definition of optimal, it, it, optimal isn't like the la- like life hack space where they're like, get to optimization. How can you get there the quickest or the efficient? It's to me, optimization is a relationship of three. And that is, it is to be optimal is to be the most efficient, effective, and sustainable. All three represents optimization. So that means that energy flows in the, the greatest way it's designed at the greatest amount that it's designed to be fully, fully resourced in its design, right? So I call the three universal measures of health, clarity, energy, functionality. The clearer something is, the more energy can flow, the more energy can flow, the more functional it is. And the more functional it is, the more it operates the way it's designed. And that's the essence of, of health in that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense. So it's almost like, um, it's like the David Goggins enlightenment. Like, I feel like he's like enlightened in a, in a savage way. Like he, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like for him to be at his optimal best, he's not going to be fucking meditating with the monks. Yeah. Well, I would say this about David Goggins cause he's, he's fascinating and he's revealed a lot about what the human body is physically capable of. What he, but when I witness him that part in spades, right? Like he's a monster of a man. It's, it's just, but it's interesting now hearing his interviews, like when I, when I listen to his book and when I've seen his interviews over time, I've watched little things come to light for him that's starting to paint a more comprehensive picture of life. I think the motto of stay hard is vital and not so much from the sense of being like, you've got to be a hard motherfucker. It's always be a being that is living on the edge of what you are capable of and never stop so that you're always accessing greater you yeah. know what i mean yeah and, yeah and to me the mark of the thriving civilization is one that does that you're always meeting your edge mentally always meeting your physically because again creative energy is designed to be fully actualized and nobody is living fully actualized that is not meeting more of what they're capable of every day of their lives the thing about the guns what i always say is just as the adjustment is that does not mean you have to suffer it you will put in work there will be dedication it just you do not have to suffer it Right. And so to me, the notion of the strongest relationship of that is always when to meet the edge in that, in his way, the hardness, it's also being able to do it from a centered space of grace so that you have both the primal essence of aggressiveness, which is an important, healthy facet of life, right? And that's part of our masculine and the gentleness of how to maneuver and that steadiness and fluidity is the relationship. And so when I think of like his journey, right, he put his body through the ringer in a lot of ways. He also developed his body in phenomenal ways. And he chose to take on that mantle, which I applaud, like, applaud yeah, him yeah. for. And but, it's, but you don't have to bring yourself to the brink of death, but you do have to bring yourself to the brink of all that you thought you were capable of. And But the other facets of life is comprehensive because you know I talk about this thing called the five life vibes, which is five areas of life experience we're having nonstop. And those are spirit, there's a spiritual aspect of our life experience we're having nonstop, a personal aspect that we're having nonstop, a professional, but professional is not just related to work. It's your spiritual foundation with your personal sovereign space interacting out in the world, right? And because we're all interacting with the world at large, even if you're in a space where there's no humans, you still have nature around you, different things, you're interacting with the environment of existence around you. So that's the professional side. Um, whether that's work, recreation, um, social time, or even going to the grocery store and, or camping or um, and then there's a relational de- dynamic because everything is a form of relational experience. And then there's resources. You're always drawing from some sort of provision to do anything. Energy is the primary resource. Uh, attention is the second, second, the closest to the primary resource. And then everything else we have an experience. Money, um, people, 
uh, home, all these things can be a part of some like the different aspects and is a asset, is a useful um, resource. Information is also that. So we're all experiencing that nonstop. Everyone living in a fuller sense of self, a more optimal sense, is people who are disseminating the proper amount of attention to live fully actualized within those dynamics. And that changes constantly because we're constantly growing and, and expanding. So when you think of that aspect where Goggins has that part of being like, go to your edge and meet what you're capable of physically, get that mindset strong to do these things. That is one facet of life and a vital one. And in my opinion, I don't think enough people do that. And then there's another component that understands the subtleties of life and how to draw on them. And that keeps you operating in a greater sustainable lens of your own energy. Because most people don't recognize rest is important until they've run themselves into the ground and they're exhausted. Being able to understand the relational flow of energy means that if you were to proactively take certain spaces while then building more in action and understanding what ratio works best for you, you would actually live more sustained in energy and, and never have the experience of exhaustion. But that's a practice to understand what that ratio is because that ratio is always changing depending on what version you are, depending on whether you're masculine or feminine led and depending on where you are in your current capacity. I imagine age has to do with it too. Like uh, Yes, as you age, there's different, well, it will, there's two things in that. One, as a species, we're actually designed to live way longer than we currently do, but our relationship of energy is so fucking off that- Our food. We, yeah, like we just, we've, we've played with the game a little distorted, but now we're starting to understand more. So that's why you're starting to see people look younger longer because their, their energy is sustaining greater and we're living in greater awareness of possibilities that's not just relegated to say um, western medicine or anything. it's also a function of consciousness and we're also recognizing that the stories of old age you know when people are like oh i'm getting my 30s feeling my aches that's all bullshit you can have that experience or you can have a different one and now you're starting to see people are they're like wow i keep exploring this and doing this at different ages and so now they're realizing oh I'm actually more capable for a lot longer than I thought. However, there is still a portion of self you'll get to where there's a certain parameter you're operating in and there's still edges to that. You know what I mean? And so when I think of it from like a baby to an elder and that journey, right? Babies have a certain way of operating until they get greater, right? So you start off and they don't even know how to hold their fucking head up because the muscles are developing. Then their capacity grows. Now they're holding the head up. Then they start moving. All of a sudden things are developing and now their capacity is growing. When you think of reaching um, uh, elder age, right? You, you are tapping into new spaces of awareness of A, the sustainability of what the body is capable of because the more you put things to use in a comprehensive way, the longer they sustain and operate. That's why if you're not staying on top of exploring things for your mind, it could start to degenerate. Just the same way if you're not using your muscles, they'll start to atrophy, right? Right. So we're designed to keep putting things to use to keep exploring more of what's possible because the one question that will never be obsolete is what else am I capable of? So even in an older age, it just means the parameter is different because there are different stages we're exploring and experiencing as physical beings and each one has a valued, sacred lens of what it means to be fully self-actualized. Um, but I think, and I also feel like, well, not even I think, eventually we'll, we'll keep growing in awareness to get to the point where we could live for centuries upon centuries for a while in physical reality. But there is something to transitions and the idea of the death process in physical reality that's important to our, also our journey. Um, but depending on where we're at as a species, because right now we're playing out so much misalignment as a species that m a lot of people um, transition through violent means. And part of that is to bring to light that there's things that are still off with how we're playing. But a mark of, say, a thriving, harmonious civilization 
when it comes to the, the transitions or death processes and the idea of that, um, they would be actually be by conscious choice and it would be simply of a, a surrendering the physical back to its function with all the elements and you now in consciousness transition other spaces. And there's been a lot of different cultures and tribes who have experienced that with different people of dedicated space and spiritually to do that. Um, so it's a fascinating thing when you start to understand the lens of, of properly or improperly relating to the nature of energy and the design to function in great capacity and what that means for us as individuals and co collectively. So, and then, so with like all the people that are transitioning now, I mean, probably for such a very long time, mm -hmm. people transitioning violently, what, how would you make sense or, or do you know how to make sense of like the story of like a, a hospital getting bombed, right? So mm -hmm. like what's happening right now with Israel and Gaza, again, the politics are literally it's centuries crazy. old, yeah. thousands it's of absurd. years, but hospitals are getting bombed, right? Yeah. So like not everybody in that hospital is guilty. You know what I mean? Like, so let, who cares? Let's, yeah. let's say Hamas is under there and they're justified or maybe they're not and maybe Hamas mm -hmm. isn't, whatever. But for the kids and the family mm -hmm. of the innocent that are bombed in the hospital, mm -hmm. how would you, like, I don't know how to make sense of that story other than the fact that I know it's it's not my story and the fact that we're all connected. Because mm -hmm. when I try to, I, I just, I get lost. Yeah. So one of the biggest things to hold is to recognize the the most optimal reference point right which is a reference point of truth but then to understand truth is to understand that which is all-inclusive universal applies constantly and never changes when things start skewing for a lens to fit one person's narratives and not other you're no longer dealing with truth so to have truth as reference point is to recognize what's being offered no matter the way it's presented that does not and then i'll get to than the understanding of this, uh, and the note, the way it's presented, right? Like imagine yes. if Palestinians controlled the media, <laughs> like how that'd be presented, it'd be a little different. 100%. And this is why this, and this is how it works on a societal level. So all of creation has ways of communicating what is to be received. When you think of nations, societies, communities, neighborhoods, you're looking at a fractal expansion of the iteration of relational dynamics. So if life flows from the inside out, which it does, you have the first relationship in existence, which is source and that which source creates, expresses, right? So our first relationship in existence is to the thing that gave us existence to be. The second relationship is our relationship to ourself. The recognition that we are a functioning thing given the ability to exist and explore. Then the next tier is then the relationship with everything else around us and then the ways that that starts to, to um, be provided through distinction. Then that keeps growing. So then you have the relationship to source, self, the most immediate relational dynamics. If you're in a romantic partnership and you're um, a functioning autonomous being, that is then the closest. The other is your family dynamic, right? Whom you are a son to or a daughter to or any of those facets. And then that grows from the family to uh, neighborhood, neighbors then community as a whole. Then community goes to municipal, city, whichever, uh, state, nation, and just keeps growing until we have the global, which we're all uh, global citizens of Earth. And this made-up concept of nations, which we love to play the divisive game with, is... Which is only a, a couple hundred years old. Yeah, yeah for, exactly, 100%. Which, and and it's, it's, there's a lot of things that we've developed that are just fascinating contradictions to nature. It's like not even a couple hundred years old. It's like 150 years old, really. Like 
Yeah, because it, it used I to be like tribal states. Yeah. Well, yeah, few, yeah, because because when you start having the conquerors who are amassing yeah. things, that was all part of that dynamic. So, um, so then in that, right? Every a society then is just a relationship between people. A relationship between people will reflect people's relationships to themselves. People's relationships to themselves will reflect how in connection to source and truth they are aware of or feel. In existence, things have ways of bringing things to light by pointing out where the misalignments are. They will be louder degrees in whichever way gets the greatest attention. So in our bodies, as individuals, our bodies will tell us something is off, right? Something in our systems will be off. The body will communicate ailments. Your mind will start to explore things. We'll have headaches. We'll have different ways that it says something's off, make an adjustment. And the more you ignore that, the louder the presentation gets, right? Now take that and expand it beyond your sovereign space louder and louder. Now consciousness will use whatever is at its disposal to bring light to the individual and the all. So when you start thinking about wars and... Um, genocides and occupations and colonization and um, all the isms, right? Colorism and classism, all the ways that people use things to either convince themselves they're above or beneath others. And the, the lengths we're willing to go to play out control dynamics when we don't feel our own sense of safety and significance in our beingness. You can trace all of history and its rise and falls through the idea of safety and significance. So when you start thinking the best way to handle anything is to harm another portion of the population, you are in an unhealthy state of being. And then the more that perpetuates back and forth, you have the, 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 the growing compounding effect of distortion. So then in this game, we are all spiritual beings exploring incarnated forms. Because spiritually and in the essence of our existence, we are untouched by physical reality. We can use physical reality to reveal things to us. Now, this does not change the fact that if you are any inkling connected to self, that you won't have emotional experiences with it. You will choose emotions with what you witness. There's a reason for that. There's a specific reason that because emotions tell us things are where we are and they're designed to bring things to light and then be available energy to use. So then on that I've been scale... Using, I've been using this for... Um to remind me the importance of like grace and forgiveness completely like unrelated, but like with my own mm -hmm. things. Um, because right. So let's say use the example I just gave the bombing of hospitals. Yep. Well, what caused that the Palestine or the Hamas parachuted in and just started murking kids and adults and other things. And what, what preceded that mm -hmm. Israel took their land and what preceded that mm -hmm. world war two, what preceded that the Germans were blamed for yeah. everything and right exactly exactly i love tracing the course of history because it reveals so much when people take things at face value they're always overlooking causes the root causes are the information you want because that's how you course correct and we overlook the effects right so like where i, where I go right. for myself i'm like even if i'm justified this will have an unforeseen consequence mm -hmm. Exactly, because there is no justification for harm. Yeah, yeah. You even I mean? if I'm justifying, even though, yeah, when you say justify, yeah, exactly, because justification is self-rationalization of an act that you know is misaligned. So like they, so we, they we, stole from me, I can punish them. Right. When you think of the nature of understanding the connection to everything, there becomes a reference point. And I remember doing like some work with, with different homies as it related to like gang violence and shit, right, where 
someone eventually has to be the one to say, I'm not going to keep playing this shit out. And anyone who is in a greater influential state to do that is the one that starts to change the course of history. And in order to do that, there has to be a willingness to feel the pain that you feel around something and say, this will never happen again. And not through my action to destroy the other people, but the act of actually establishing ways to function that no longer support that behavior in humanity. Now, that takes more work, the louder the narrative. So when you start getting the nations doing that shit, it's a louder narrative. It will take more time, but it doesn't change the truth that this is possible. And it's and then you start to go through the nature of history. So the idea of, say, a bombing of this, if you're talking consciousness, reality creation, existence, it is one of the louder ways, one of the more painful ways we are confronted with the misalignments, unhealthy behaviors, and distortions in our species that we are all a part of. No one is exempt from that. I don't give a shit on what part of the world you're in. If anyone being harmed anywhere is in your awareness, you are a part of that experience. And the question becomes, with this awareness, what will I do? If I see portions of our population harming other portions of the populations they've been justified for it, something is off in our species. What can I do to both be a representation of a greater way to be that is in consideration of myself and others? And how can I start to um, bring to greater awareness what is happening and, and how do we come together to explore new possibilities? Part of the issue as to why these things get this loud is comfort and convenience. We get to places in our lives where we're like, nah, I don't want to rock the boat. Things are great here. Oh, that's so sad. But I don't have any bearing on that because people don't understand what you said, the ripple effects of things. People right. do not understand how things go from one thing to the next and there is no separation to it. The more things are left unchecked, the louder they get. The louder they get, the more they touch everyone. That means that if this is happening and the world is aware of it to some degree and this goes unchecked, it will then magnify to something louder where no one can, can be removed from it anymore. And that's not a doom and gloom prophecy. It is just understanding the fractal patterns of how energy works. You sweep things under the rug, distortions that are brought to light unchecked, they get louder because the whole system of reality is to be fully expressed. Anywhere energy is improper relating, that has to be adjusted for full expression to take place. It gets louder because the, the adjustment will be made whether people like it or not. If we catch it soon enough, it does not have to get us fucking loud. And so this is the journey of our lives that we are on individually and collectively. So when, when you think of the notion of where we're at, because again, once you've been playing it out, you're here, right? right. So when you think of like Israel Hamas, we're here, right? It's been back and forth. The occupation is there. The genocide, like all these things are happening. We're here. The question then becomes to what does it take? to disrupt that pattern of energy that keeps all things in consideration and creates a sustainable way to move beyond it. You will not bring back the people who have been part of the, um, the, the sadness and the pain, especially seeing little children, right? Innocent children that have so much to offer life. But again, part of the reason of that is because it's painful to witness and it says something about the nature of our, our beingness. Because again, if any of us in our species is capable of that. All of us have a duty and a responsibility to bring that to light to make the adjustment because we are all, are all in this together. But when we've created a mindset of a species that says, well, we're doing this over here, I'm not involved in that, 
and I like what I have here and I don't want to disrupt as if we're not all a part of the game of life. It creates, it breeds more of this. That's why you can have a genocide and a occupation and a usurpation in the Congo and everyone just walks over it like it's not happening, right? Or history like in America and other countries where you have the Native Americans and the journey, right, that has happened here and the deplorable way that played out, slavery, all these things. And then when it comes to our course books, so much about the history of America is left out, even though that is all very much a part of America. And it's important for that shit to be brought in our faces because it speaks to the distortions, the misalignments of our species. And their only way to make adjustments is to have an honest look at it and then make different fucking decisions. And, and it's interesting too, right? Like what, what we've decided we're not going to talk about. And then what's Straight also up. really interesting is who you're not allowed to talk about or mention. 100%. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just is what it is. It's fascinating. Um, and it's like, okay. And it reminds me of the NBA and the NFL with refs. Yeah, and the NBA was fixing games with refs, Legit. and you—they can't talk about the refs. Legit, like literally, if they talk about the refs, it's a fine. You can talk about the other team. You can talk about your own coach. Or you can talk about. Yeah, it's and it's fascinating because this is and these are all control dynamics, right? So control dynamics are all forms of manipulative behavior. The things we do to to want to make things the way we want them to not address things. Everything that we do that's cultural is some form of avoidant behavior. So if if we're struggling with something and someone goes hey, that seems off and you don't know how to process the pain around that emotion. Say, it's like, don't talk about that, right? It's the reason why families will sweep shit on the rug and not speak something in the family. Or in this case, right, things in the media, like, no, you don't talk about that. And it's like that behavior, that consciousness, that mindset breeds distortion. It's the same way governments not um, operating transparently lead to clandestine activities that lead to distortions because in order for things to be addressed, they have to be brought to light. They have to be faced. And when we create a culture that would rather hide things or skew things to, to any portion of the population's benefit, it's a direct sign of the unhealthiness of that population. There's like a shame that like yep. doesn't want to be addressed. And it has to be. In order and for things to change, to the shame has to be addressed. And it's like, it's like dude, everybody knows. Nobody's, I mean, not that nobody's mad, but like, face. yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's just like, come on, everybody knows. It's okay. Like, yeah. Can we just do something? Exactly. And um, the other thing, too, that like I think when you're talking about doing harm, at least the way I think, I think we've gotten, not we, but I think certain people, and a weird, because I don't really ever meet people like it, but such a loud, vocal um, group on, like, that just lives to fight fights for other people, like, people like acting like people are out hunting trans. It's like, first of all, I didn't know that was a fucking thing. And then now it's like, yo, like I got to hear about that shit every day. Like, and, and people telling me I need to accept like as a future kid. It's like, yo, first of all, I'm not telling you how to raise your kids. Right. Like, don't fucking tell me. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, come on, darling, we, we, we go two ways with this. Yeah. Um, 100%. And it's, so again, like I, to me that that's doing harm because I think kids and everybody's so impressionable and, and there's things that can be done with that. Not to make a complete side tangent mm-hmm. on that, but like that ends bloodlines. Yeah. Like and there's surgeries and chemicals that end bloodlines. Yeah. And I, well, and I think that there's, again, all the distortions that we have in our society, which we have plenty, are because the approach to things are from the outside in. Like when people feel offended on a public scale to the point where then they want people reprimanded for for them feeling offended is a society that is emotionally immature. Yeah. Right. We have to be able to feel. If someone says, I feel anger, 
process your anger and then let's have a conversation about what that means for you. But when we go, oh, I don't want people to get upset and we start skewing things to the favor and benefit of people's inability to process their emotions, you are going to create a civilization that will crumble. And we're watching that happen. And then even the notion of how, where people feel uncomfortable, it's like when people disagree. Disagreements are designed to explore other creative possibilities, to meet and explore concepts from different ends so that things become more, a greater picture happens. When people take disagreements and start making it a reason to then talk shit about other people and judge them and put down, you are now, again, now have a society that represents a emotional, immature state and you're missing the creative opportunity that's being presented and that will breed more distortion. And so when I think about all these things that are happening in that sense, the misinformation around masculine and feminine, the misinformation about different historical accounts of things, the misinformation about what people are quote unquote supposed to do or not, even the misinformation about a few facets, like um, when you think of what reference points are, like in the, in, the, in the trans community, right? And a lot of different friends I've spoken to about this that are trans and not, but like queer in different spaces, we've had long conversations about the nature of reference points. There's a reason why I say like a trans, there's trans women and trans men where the man and woman is the reference point because that's been the exploration of what it means to be the masculine and feminine principle embodied in form. Now you have sex, which represents the physical capacity of it. And then you have the gender that is then uh, a way of describing the functional living embodiment. The masculine and feminine Right, because the principle is there regardless. So whether someone's non-binary or anything label they've given themselves, it doesn't change the fact that everyone has masculine and feminine in them and everyone is operating in the ratio of whatever supports them best unless they're shutting things off. So even when I have like some of my trans friends that are, that are um, trans men, they had to navigate making peace with their own feminine aspects and female characteristics to be able to function more in the masculine-led way they feel enough to get a surgery in the form. But now because they've actually accepted the full scope of themselves and the fact they still have a cycle in the, in the female aspect of them, they now live in greater recognition of their masculine embodiment and it shows. But when there is shame or a judgment of their own female aspects, there is a disconnect from the self and it makes it more volatile, it makes it more unhealthy, and then you start to see that play out in the way they react. Now on the other side of that, you have people who don't understand the greater scope of what's happening energetically with, with anyone who's in that format. And then there's the misconception of like um, pandering. And that's when, when you hear people go, yeah, if a kid wants to have surgery, this and that, and it's like, and you haven't given them a chance to fully form, there's ways that they can navigate their self-expression through that without having to go to that degree until they are in a greater conscious con con capacity to then understand and make that decision for themselves. And that is not to be underscored because part of the nature of our lives is to develop and have a structural protocol of, of rites of passage to our own adulthood. Imagine, you know what I mean? Imagine if you got a surgery that made when you're a teenager and you're a goth. Yeah. So like permanently, you know what I mean? Like exactly. It'd be like, dude, like, and because we're always going through stages of development as, as, as beings. And, and again, when I, so when I hear conversations and everyone's really just going at each other's throats, it's like everyone's reacting from a certain energetic state and everyone's just wanting to either make other people look stupid and feel more superior, but all of it's missing the point. The notion is understanding what it means to be authentically embodied, how, what it means to understand that within your sovereign beingness, and then what it means to be a representation of that in guiding others. When people start to add shit on and tack shit on outside of themselves, they're constantly chasing comfort and validation. To feel something inside, they lack the awareness of how to address internally to then live it more in growth and liberation. And part of the journey of our, 
our species now is a way to start recognizing how irresponsible we have now become with our creative energy, how much we're all over the place, how much we, we spend pandering to bullshit and not having honest, authentic conversations, how much we'd rather just talk shit to each other for our ways of life and not explore the greater healthy recognition of how to make adjustments if shit is unhealthy and how to compound when it's not and how to understand what the reference point is. So even with like masculine and feminine, when I teach that aspect of my, my practice in the course, I teach it from the energetic principle first so that everyone understands that relationship inside of them first, then what it means to walk in it in an typical embodiment second. Then if you, if you can understand that, then they can show up in their articulable embodiment in a healthier way. That creates more healthier relational dynamics. That creates a more healthy society. But right now, there's so much information all over the place and people, the reference point is off and then all that does is perpetuate the skewed aspect of it. But then that comes from the lack of leadership, greater embodied comprehensive understanding and leadership. That's what I was thinking when you are talking. 100%. Like, there's not that, that gatekeeper that... Exactly. <clears throat> that leader or, or whatever. And again, dude, if somebody's 35 and they want to get whatever, fuck it. Yeah, do what the fuck you want. Do, yeah, you do know what I mean? Like, and, but understand, my only thing is understand why you're doing it. It's like even when people get superficial surgeries, right? Because they don't like the way their lips look, all these things. Anyone that's in my sphere... It's right? not going to change you know, the thing that makes you feel that. Right, exactly. It won't change, it won't change the thing. And then, and so then it's and you're gonna enough. feel foolish for having is, what you wanted, right? And then you're just gonna keep doing more, hoping that it makes some kind of adjustment, and it just makes it worse. And that's these are all control dynamics. These are the things that perpetuates the misalignments because we're living from the outside in, never addressing what's happening inward. That if we just addressed it, that the whole landscape would change for us. And so part of the journey of life now is to reorient back to proper functioning from the inside out so we have a greater understanding of ourselves and a greater way of expressing ourselves authentically. Right now, people have ideas of who they think they are, and then they're stumbling their way through it at the risk of their health, or not at the risk, at the cost of their health and well-being mentally, physically, emotionally, and then at the, at the cost of the society that reflects it. So now we're on the journey of having to clean that shit the fuck up from the inside out. So we often know how to become that in ourselves and then guide that. And I think that's part of the reason why I have such receptivity for, from so many different walks of life because it speaks to the core of a person as an individual and then the recognition of how it works collectively. So then people still have their sovereign way of being in a greater understanding of themselves and then a greater recognition of their part in everything they're a part of. So I get brought into all these different spaces to speak on things, even if I don't have the personal experience, but just because I understand the patterns and what drives people, that brings more to light. So when you think of that notion of when people, um, you know, like, you know, one of the models of the practice, I decide, right? The ability to recognize we have agency and we've been given that gift, but that is our first responsibility to use it purposefully wisely and in so doing one of the biggest questions is where is that choice coming from and adam the etymology of decide is decidir mm -hmm. um jacob correct me if i'm wrong but that means to cut off right to decidir is like to cut um and i, I decide like you're cutting off what you're not going to do like to decide yeah. you're doing something so, means you're saying no Exactly. To something else. Because the relationship of, of choice and decision is exactly that. So choice is the recognition of all creative options on the table and you're going to 
a tune to one. Decision is when then in so doing, you then no longer focus on all the possibilities. You are now locked into an aspect. You're directing creative energy. And then that keeps happening. That's, that goes back to that command. Yeah, exactly. You're commanding Everything your comes back to that. You command your attention. Because remember, attention is a currency of existence. Wherever you're placing it, all your creative energy is going. Everything in that container of that energy is what's forming. And then the, the more we grow in self-awareness, because awareness is all the observable information I'm willing to accept as possible, you now recognize more choices at your disposal. The more choices you recognize, the more liberated you are in, in all you can be and do. The idea is you grow into that from a greater lens of responsibility, um, self-awareness, self-respect, honor, synergy, consideration. So then when you do choose with that greater capacity in mind, it's always what's more preferred for the betterment of self and the all. And, and that's the journey we're on because right now we're witnessing people play with this whole range of spectrum of selflessness and selfishness. And both of those are misalignments. Being self-sacrificing in misalignment and being self-centered is a misalignment. Living in truth is that you live in the recognition from the inside out, I have been given gifts that I am to contribute to everything I'm a part of. In order for me to do that, I must ensure I am taking care of myself to function as great as I can, to contribute my gifts as great as I can. And then in so doing, I will also receive what can continue to sustain doing that. That's synergy. So then the all I'm a part of is recognized and I am recognized and now it's working har harmoniously and optimally. Any part of that, that um, structure off, you're going to start dealing with distortion and misalignment uh, because something about the comprehensiveness of life is going to be missing a particular portion. And that's what happens when people go like, the, like the misconception of selfish self love is selfishness. It's okay to be selfish. Selfishness is unhealthy. I don't care what anybody says. Self love is not the same thing as selfishness. Self love is the recognition of why it's important to ensure you take time for yourself and accept fully you to then, uh, to then be generous with all that you are. Can't pour from an empty thing. cup. Yeah, exactly. Period. And then, but then, to live selflessly and people are like, well, I love, so I sacrifice myself. But love isn't sacrifice either. Love is not losing oneself. Love is to live in the fullness of oneself with all that you're part of, right? And so these, these adjustments made over time will evolve the shit of our species in a massively progressive advanced way in shorter time than people think. But the more that we play out the distortion and the more we struggle to process what is happening inside of us and the more we keep chasing things outside of us to drown that out or to hide it or to fill it, the more, the longer the distortions get and the louder they get. And so right now you have a world feeling a lot, having no idea how to make sense of what they're feeling, having no idea how to convey that shit properly. And so everyone's just grasping at straws, hoping something lands and makes sense. But you'll find out very quickly whether it's sustainable or not, because that's a great indication on whether energy is functioning the way it's designed. And again, the alignment principle life is it, everything flows from inside out. You command energy, you direct it, you allow it to unfold, and you receive information to then put more to use. Control dynamics is I want to be this way, don't care what information is there, and if it doesn't work, I'll just give up. And that is... Or I'll blame something else. Or blame something else, right. But that's a form of abdication, right? Because if I blame something else, I don't have to take responsibility for myself, and that is a sheer fire way to atrophy all that you're capable of. And then again... That, and that's a huge portion of why people suffer so much. And then there's the narrative that people convince themselves that life is suffering, and it's not. Pain is a, is a part of physical reality because pain is one of those signals that tells you something's misaligned, whether that's emotional, physical, mental. I would say a very fulfilled life that would be suffering, triumph, 
happiness, sadness, like all the expression. Like, well, you'll feel different emotions yeah, for sure. Yeah. But suffering isn't necessary. It's just something that we've done because of the awareness we lack and then our ability to rationalize and make sense of things that we struggle with. But it's not like there will be, you'll hit thresholds, you're going to hit spaces where you'll feel certain sensations that aren't the most pleasant to feel. None of that is automatically suffering. But suffering is the idea that there's a part of life in our journey, in our development that just is a miserable thing and that's not actually true. You can work your ass off and feel the discomfort physically, mentally, and not actually, and it not be a miserable experience and enjoy it. And so the idea when we go, because we, we, we can experience painful things in life and then not know how to make sense of them. I tend to wear them and that tunes that in. Like when I'm going through the shit or if I'm running and I'm like in a breaking point, it's something I'm like really proud of myself. Like Mm -hmm. in business and parts where like other people for sure would have quit or or other things I've done. Mm -hmm. It's usually when I start cracking up laughing. Legit. Like at the absurdity. Yeah. Of some, usually because it'll be like something I'm making like life or death and sometimes it feels like it is. And it's, <laughs> and it's like, this whole fucking game is crazy. Like whatever, dude. Like I'm, I'm not giving up, but like I'm just going to keep going and I'm just going to laugh yeah. through the pain. Is that because when you're living in truth, it's you're, you're committed regardless of circumstance. And then so you're willing to do what's necessary. And if you're willing to do what's necessary, you don't actually suffer the journey. You actually embrace it. And so then if it takes work, like, and that's one of the things, and obviously one of the greatest indicators is physical development, right? If you're building muscle, if you're doing things, there's, there is a space of discomfort that's necessary because that's how you, sh- you shift in embodiment. The muscles do certain things, the bones do certain things, and you're developing. And that's all discomfort is. Discomfort is a communication that you're meeting thresholds and expanding beyond them. Pain is something improperly relating. You have to adjust. So when we talk about like feel the burn and in, world, in the world, we say no pain, no gain, but it's really no discomfort, no access and greater capacity. Um, but the notion is pain tells you something's off. Like if I break my arm, that's pain. But if my muscles are feeling the burn because I'm working my ass off and growing in capacity, that's actually discomfort, no matter how intense it is. We're just, but because we don't live in such distinction of awareness in that precision, we just take it all face value and call it whatever and then don't understand the difference. And then we have a bunch of narratives that are misplaced. I think one of the issues to kind of go back to what you said um, in you were saying like in humans were so sloppy with language. I think that that's a more modern thing, especially if you go back, at least that's how it, it definitely it to me. Well, it's definitely there modern for sure. Because um, <laughs> English is a rigorous and exact language, but we use it very inexact, 100%. which, which makes it great, not a great, great language. Statement. So, but like if English is used exact, it's similar to Greek where it's very rigorous. Um, yes. I think there should be more words for love, right? We have like and love. Which is fucking weird. So like people are like, I love pumpkin pie. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, all right, well, we actually, well, we, but we do have more words to explain it. That one of the things we, I think we've also done with English is not only get sloppy with right. it, is we get lazy with it. Yeah. Right? It's, That's it's endearing same, it's instead of I love that. Exactly. We, we say, now I like to say love a lot, but I also have a very clear definition of love. But when we think of like describing things as they are, like think of how simple, when, when we, you know how I am with the try word, right? It's like get used to speaking more precise about what you're experiencing so that you have a greater lens of presence in all that you do. So when someone says like, oh, try that on, it's like put that on. Like recognize that what you are doing is an act. Try, the only way to ever define or describe try is through the act of something, not the, not the attempt of something. It's the genuine act. Now, whether the result is what you intended or not is a different matter, but even that doesn't mean you tried. You did something and now you got information. And when you think of the notion of like, I love pumpkin pie, right? It's like 
it can be poetic, right? We, yeah. we can say, I, I have a, an affinity for the flavor and the texture of this delicious dessert I call pumpkin pie. And you can play with it however you want. It's just knowing that we get lazy sometimes with language when we could be more precise in ways that describe the sensations greater. And if we did that, we'd actually become more masterful with creative energy. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's what's dope about different languages because when I hear certain things described in different languages, it's, it's when broken down in English, it always sounds like it's displayed in this conceptual understanding that creates room for a different energetic tone and it's fascinating. Where in English, it's part of the reason why I got so precise with language in the practice is because I, the in, in, invitation and the intention is for people to become so purposefully clear and self-aware that they understand how to grab the exact words to convey everything they feel and see. And now things aren't so obscure to them. And that still doesn't take away from the mystery of life. It, what it does is create more possibilities and access greater possibilities of just how far and how intricate and how vast we can actually play the game. I mean, that, that's definitely beautiful. Yeah. I, I think that's probably the best way is like, again, these little breadcrumbs, these little things like this, like ideally like, these comments, this is literally part of the reason why I do the podcast is 100%. for these breadcrumbs. Obviously, it's to capture these conversations with like friends and people that we're building with. Yeah. Um, it's almost like a virtual diary. I felt compelled to do it. And then the other thing now is like it opens doors. 100%. Is like, 100%. Um, but I would like to believe or I believe that people will come across things like this as they're ready. Right. And it's like, um, yep. Ideally, it sparks that that precision or that whatever to keep moving forward and keep growing and keep pushing past the threshold, and then accept the fact that like sometimes things flow. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, like it doesn't have to be. It's this, and it never changes. Right. Well, everything changes. Exactly. Everything all the time, and that's the diff- and that's why it's a command surrender relationship, right? It's it's what flow represents. So flow is the relationship of, right, going back to masculine and feminine, flow is the relationship of everything working together. Steadiness and fluidity together, you have flow, you have freedom. If you just were steady, it's all rigidity. There's no room for the greater possibility. If you're just, if you're just fluid, there's no structural reference for things to build. To live in, in life in a healthy way, you have both. And that's the mark of any optimization of anything. And so in that space, it's if you have proper structure, you have greater concentrated utility and then if you have greater concentrated utility, you have more range and creative possibility at your disposal. But if you don't have a solid reference point of utility, you're, you're missing a vital piece that has more actionable, more increase, more um, dynamism to play. And that's part of the game. So when I tell people like living in a greater awareness of how the structure of existence works doesn't take away from the mystery of life. It enhances it. And and it's that's like the discipline the gives you more freedom. Exactly, it is, it is spot it all on of that shit. And people that don't understand it haven't been disciplined. Exactly, because when you think of some someone who is disciplined and developing the capacity of the physical body is capable of doing more with the body than someone who is not. Same thing with our mind. Same thing with emotions. Same thing with all creative energy. If you do not have the consistent dedication of developing the greater capability, you will not have at your disposal the greater possibilities of all you can be and do. And that is exactly why discipline equals freedom. And I think that's how we fly. 
like metaphorically literally metaphorically, and spiritually. <laughs> legit and that's uh so real bro that's it for another uh free game productions kevin walton at source radiance the light beings yeah um there's gonna be retreats but follow him on instagram he bunch of yeah just good stuff and then we have other projects coming out soon too. we do we got a lot of dope things coming yeah dude, we got a lot we got a lot <laughs>